Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. We interview people who have dealt with the trickiest of health challenges, but eventually learn to get well and stay well naturally. Now it's time to hear from one of our detectives and learn how another health issue has been solved. We hope you enjoy the show. I have seen so many people who are eating the perfect diet and they're just not where they want to be. Not only have I seen it so many times, I was one of those people. And I realized that I needed to get the circadian rhythm fixed. It was the one part of my health I hadn't gotten down yet. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. We're talking about three ways to reset your internal clock, a.k.a. your circadian rhythm, and to do it relatively quickly. I had done a reel for us on this for Instagram that's going to be coming out in a few days, and obviously that's a quick little 30-second very short to the sweet post, but just this just inspired me to post something about it more specifically on a podcast because I love talking all things circadian biology, and it doesn't need to be super complicated. But if this isn't optimized, if your sleep-wake cycle is not optimized, you are wasting time, man. I have seen so many people who are eating the perfect diet, quote-unquote perfect, right? Maybe perfect for them, ideal for them. And they're just not where they want to be. Not only have I seen it so many times, I was one of those people. And I realized that I needed to get the circadian rhythm fixed. It was the one part of my health I hadn't gotten down yet. Now, I did a variety of things to get this better. And here are some of the main ones. Number one is to eat breakfast at a consistent time every day. And this is, ironically, probably the most shocking thing to people because we are in a world of intermittent fasting and being told that you need to skip breakfast and that's an okay thing to do. The literature clearly shows that you can have a more optimized circadian rhythm by eating breakfast. The same team of researchers who figured that out are also very much for something called TRE, a.k.a time-restricted eating, a.k.a. intermittent fasting, right? Just not the trendier way of saying it. They believed in it, but they believed it was better to be eating in the morning, kind of afternoon, and maybe very early evening, and fasting for longer periods at the night, and then, you know, while you're sleeping, of course, rather than do what everyone else does and skip breakfast. If you want to optimize your circadian rhythm, this is super important. I always tell people if they're not really sick sick I don't think it's a huge deal to skip breakfast I do that sometimes but if you're actively you know pretty messed up sick you're staying up till 12 or 1 in the morning or later even yeah you know you need to get that under control for sure and one of the easy ways that you can do that is by having breakfast at a consistent time each day even today and I did this effortlessly I wasn't even thinking about it I stopped eating at 1 in the afternoon and I'm recording this at nighttime. And I won't eat again until tomorrow morning. Totally fine. But I had breakfast and I started eating relatively early after I got a quick little hike in. I went hiking for about 30 minutes near the house. And then within another 30 minutes after that, I was eating something small, just getting it going. So number one, breakfast every single day, at the very least, 
until you get this to where you want it to be, and then you can kind of play around with the skipping breakfast type of thing. Number two, and it's probably not something that you'd be too surprised to hear, but I'm going to add a little twist to it, or I guess just a little slice of new information, rather. You got to catch sunrise. You got to be out in natural light as much as possible. Sunrise is one of the best things to do it. And then, of course, you're going to have to kind of remove artificial light, which kind of goes into both part two and part three here. One of the things I always found so interesting when I read it, and it was found in the Smithsonian Magazine. It was posted there. It was a study done on campers who were in the Rocky Mountains with no access to artificial light for a week. Now, this is what happened. The research team, led by Kenneth Wright, the director of the Sleep and Chronobiology Laboratory at the University of Colorado at Boulder, first closely tracked the sleep habits of the participants who had an average age of 30 for a week's time as they went about their normal lives. So each participant wore a watch with sensors that measured their light exposure and when they moved to indicate when they were sleeping. For one of the days, they also submitted frequent saliva samples so the scientists could measure the levels of melatonin in their bodies over the course of the day. Hmm, do you know anyone else that tests for that kind of stuff? FDN Thrive. <laughs> Next, the participants were sent for a week of camping in the Eagle Nest Wilderness. Okay, you guys get that part. When the research team looked at the data... They found that all eight participants steadily shifted towards a sleep schedule that more closely mirrored the setting and rising of the sun. Those who had been quote-unquote night owls before the camping period, obviously which means staying up later and waking later, saw the most dramatic shift in their sleep cycles. As a whole, the camper slept for roughly the same amount of time each night as before, but fell asleep two hours earlier and awoke without alarms two hours earlier as well. I'm not quoting the article anymore. People in my life are amazed that I don't need an alarm, even though I wake up super early every day. I go to bed naturally because I was the kid. I was known in my family for staying up till three or four in the morning, even as like a teenager, like a young teenager, 13, 14 years old. I'd stay up till three or four in the morning. I'd wake up super late. And what did this research talk about? It actually had the most dramatic effect for people that were night owls. Because guess what, folks? We're diurnal animals. There are no night owl humans, and I know there's some people out there that challenge that. There's actually some very popular books that challenge that. I think that's absolutely crazy. It's asinine. Why on earth would a human being be awake in the middle of the night all night? Or all night, I should say. That doesn't make any sense. What would we be doing? It's not like we have the best eyes for that. That seems kind of dangerous. We are so obviously diurnal animals and when we go away from that, we see the issues. Um, Hello, night shift. Why don't you go look up all the studies of the people and the various health issues that they have from working night shift for even a few years, let alone for the majority of their lives? I don't buy it for one second. And this is coming from a former quote-unquote night owl. I don't think the night owl thing's real at all. I think it happens as a result of today's modern world. I think there's certain personality characteristics that lead someone to being more prone to that and maybe enjoying it for a variety of reasons. And so they allow it. I do not think it's a natural, uh, natural preference at all. So number one is to eat a consistent breakfast, while you're fixing this at least. Number two is to be using real light. So sunrise in the morning, outside in the day doing that, and definitely remove that artificial light. But now... 
is there any light that we can use at night? Because number three for me is like, how do we actually do this practically, the artificial light thing? I like to use these amber lights. So I'm going to put links in um, the description below. These are not affiliate links, just so you guys are clear. If you don't realize we never advertise specific things on the show, especially not coming from our mouths. Maybe our uh, guests have it and that's cool, but we never talk about that. So I'm going to put that in the show notes so you guys have it. I love this thing. It was one of the best things I ever purchased outside of my blue light blocking glasses, which of course you guys can buy, but you know, those could be $100 to get good ones. And maybe you don't feel like spending that right now. So the first things I would invest in are a Himalayan salt lamp and then this little amber reading lamp. Now, do they block all blue light Himalayan salt lamp in this? No, but they're good starts in the right direction. Okay. And many of these things have settings so you can kind of turn it lower. The amber reading lamp is only like $12 or $13. It has a 60-hour battery life, and I just plug it in. You know, it charges super quick. But this thing is obviously meant to be a reading light. But it goes bright enough, too, that I will carry this in, like, right now. It is past sunset while I'm recording this. It is dark. I have my screen filtered. Now, I have my blue light glasses on as well. I got my Himalayan salt lamp. And then when I go in the bathroom, I like to use my amber reading lamp. I can still see everything that I need to. The most ridiculous thing that I do with this is since it has the clip to actually be, you know, hooked on the book... I fully admit, I wish I had a picture of this. I would post this somewhere for you guys. I fully admit, I do clip that thing sometimes to like my waistband. And I use this as like a guiding light in front of me. I'm all in, baby. I am all in for functional medicine and health and optimizing my circadian rhythm, you know. So you might think it's crazy, but you can't say I'm not dedicated to it. That's for sure. <laughs> so I'm going to post those below. But what you want to do with these things is really only try to expose yourself to these lights for, I mean ideally, in a perfect world, as soon as that sun sets, that's what you would be doing. Because they're emitting more of like the red light spectrum or part of the spectrum. And it's the 400 to 550 nanometer wavelength spectrum on the light spectrum that is really an issue. That's what's shown to have the most significant effects on circadian rhythm in terms of it's like telling you it's daytime. You need to wake up. You need to get these hormones pumping. And that is seen in the blue light to um, a little bit of the green light range. So... Red light doesn't seem to be significant. Dark is always best. We do know that, but this also seems to be helpful. So I'll have those links. And then in addition, I'm going to add something called Iris. And this is a program I use on my computer. I think I paid like 13 or 14 bucks for lifetime access one time. And then what that is going to do is, is it perfect? No, but you can put a sleep mode on your computer and bam, you're good to go with that. You can also put health mode on in the day and that's going to take away some of the blue light so that it's a yellow tint and so you don't get that eye strain because where there's way too much blue light coming from our computers, period. They have a variety of other settings which might be useful to you if you happen to be a gamer or there's reading. There's a bunch of things, but I like going back and forth between health and I actually make it custom. I do the health a little lower. And then um, on sleep, I like their sleep one a lot. So quite a bit there, but Himalayan salt lamps, blue light blocking glasses if you want to spend the money, of course. The amber reading lamps and then iris. Three tips overall is one, obviously be eating breakfast like we talked about a few times already. Number two is getting, <clears throat> excuse me, that natural light as much as possible. And number three is these are the lights that you want to use after dark. So I had a goal to keep myself super short and sweet and I did it. So let me know if you guys like this. If you go to Podbean and search for FDN Thrive, you can send us messages there or leave comments. Let me know if you liked this type of podcast. And hey, if you like this information in general and would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we would love you even more than we already do. Now, depending on when you're listening to this, we got an awesome 
interview coming out. It was actually so cool that we ended up going for an hour and 30 minutes instead of our normal 50 minutes. And that will be out on November 1, 2, 3, 4th. That wasn't that hard. <laughs> November 4th of 2021. So if you're listening to this after that release date, congrats, it's already out. And then if not, you can look forward to that because this is one of, seriously, the most interesting things we've ever had on the podcast. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon. But until the next time, take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Health Detective Podcast. If you are ready to finally work with a real health detective on your health journey so that you can get well and stay well naturally, visit us at fdmthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button.